Hello, I'm Sarah Lee, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, we discuss the ways in which progressive legislators have gone out of their way to not let the coronavirus crisis go to waste. First, by going on a wild spending spree, purchasing political ads, knocking the Trump administration's response to the pandemic, but also by inserting legislative wish list items into the coronavirus relief bills, efforts that could pave the way for voter fraud while potentially destroying the gig economy. And finally, we'll reveal exactly why blindly supporting unions can have disastrous consequences for union members, as we tell you about one union boss who may have embezzled $1 million from a first responder's pension fund. To begin, you may have heard that the coronavirus relief bill, which ultimately passed in late March to the tune of $2 trillion in stimulus funds, was negotiated over a weekend by Senate Republicans and Democrats, who thought they had the bipartisan votes to pass it, when House Speaker Nancy Pelosi showed up on Monday before the vote and blew the whole thing up. Reports were that the Speaker felt the bill did not include enough of the items on her wish list, which reportedly included things like election security funding and forgiveness of student debt. Capital Research Center's President Scott Walter had an op-ed describing the scene in the American Spectator on March 25th titled, Democrats began politicizing Trump's coronavirus response well before Senate gridlock. In it, Walter described the scene in the Senate, but pointed out that the politicization of the pandemic had begun about a week earlier with the purchase of a huge ad campaign funded by left-leaning activist groups seeking to convince Americans that President Donald Trump had botched the national coronavirus response. That ad campaign, which set the stage for what happened in the Senate, didn't even attempt to distance itself from the overt politicization of a virus that has infected over 40,000 Americans and killed hundreds, Walter, Walter wrote at the time. And the groups responsible? Well, they're CRC's old friends linked to the funding giant Arabella Advisors. Pacronym, who paid for one of the ad campaigns and is the PAC arm of Acronym, which is most closely associated with the failed app that resulted in the vote-counting debacle in the Iowa Democratic primary, seeks to funnel, quote, millions of dollars toward advertisements in key swing states with the intent of politicizing the Wuhan coronavirus crisis and blaming the pandemic on President Donald Trump. But this is certainly not the only politicization effort in town. Because deep in the bowels of the now-passed $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill is a time bomb that conservatives will no doubt come to re- regret as the 2020 election nears. Congressional Democrats wanted an incredible $4 billion and provisions to allow for early voting and expanded use of mail-in or absentee ballots when first negotiating the relief package. Republicans offered $140 million but were rebuffed by leftist groups such as the Brennan Center for Justice, which sought $2 billion to fund universal mail-in ballots and free postage at a price tag of $593 million. Democrats say vote-by-mail option saves money by foregoing polling places and is a convenience to voters, which they argue ultimately increases voter turnout. And, they suggest, coronavirus social distancing rules necessitate such a scheme. But Americans should be more concerned about the enormous breach in election integrity created by -by vote-by-mail schemes. In a vote-by-mail system, voters receive ballots in the mail, fill them out, and send them to their county registrar of voters. 
But who ensures that person who fills out the ballot is the correct voter? And how many ballots will the U.S. Postal Service lose? And how many intentionally lost ballots will be blamed on the Postal Service? All of this makes for a situation ripe for tampering. In 36 states, someone besides the voter can legally deliver voters' ballots with their permission, usually a family member or attorney. But 13 states generally allow anybody to collect absentee ballots, with serious consequences. For example, in 2019, a North Carolina Republican political operative was convicted of multiple counts of absentee ballot fraud on behalf of 2018 congressional candidate Mark Harris. The scandal so distorted the election that the State Board of Elections scrapped it and held a new election. None of this has deterred proponents of vote-by-mail schemes, however, who knew that this extraordinary moment in history caused by the coronavirus was a way to slip their problematic preferences into the coronavirus relief package, and so they did. And there are reports they have no intention of stopping. The Washington Examiner wrote on April 1st that a new coronavirus relief package, the fourth since the pandemic began, could include parts of California's notorious AB5 legislation that essentially criminalizes independent contracting. In short, progressive legislators are trying to insert their pet projects as pork into the bills intended to keep the economy from hemorrhaging as the country deals with the pandemic. And this last story explains why some of their wish list preferences, in this case the pro-union items, can often be disastrous for union members. The number two man in the International Association of Firefighters, IAFF, his name is Secretary Treasurer Edward Kelly, is accusing the top union boss, Union President Harold Schaitberger, of improperly taking over one million in payments from the IAFF's pension funds. If the allegations are accurate, it's hardly the first time that union bosses have used pension funds or other union-controlled financial entities outside the union itself as the source of ill-gotten gains. Thankfully, this has led to a response from the Department of Labor in the form of a new reporting rule that takes effect April 6. It requires large labor unions to file financial disclosures on trusts in which the union controls half the board seats or makes a majority of the contributions on a new form. But the new reporting rule doesn't mitigate the consistent efforts by union officers to corruptly handle their outside funds, and it demonstrates the need for increased transparency in reporting. As opposed to using a bill, the nation needs to pass quickly in times of dire circumstance as a vehicle for partisan pork. That's our show for this week. We encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have already subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.